2: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm back. Hello,
4: welcome back. It's great to be back. Did you miss me? Did I miss you? Yes, I did. It turns out trying to do a podcast by yourself is quite tricky. Uh, (laughs) So yes, yes, I did miss you very much. Uh, Welcome back. Were you doing anything nice? Anything glamorous? I was trying to trying to predict or guess, rather, on the podcast last week what you might be up to. Yeah, I was worried. Take yourself to the beach. Where did you go?
2: No, I was worried if you were going to start creating rumours about where I was. No, I was in Exeter for a radio conference, at which Exeter felt like Argentina for me. It was so far away. Don't
4: let me... Yeah, well, I don't know where people are listening to this from. I appreciate if you're listening to this from, like, Canada. Things are quite far away from each other. But, I mean, Exeter may as well be on the other side of the equator at this point. It felt like it on that bus
2: journey. Um, but can I quickly tell you about this? Because I was in a taxi going from a hotel to the venue uh, of the conference, and I was chatting to the taxi driver, and uh, she said, um, oh, so you, uh, uh, you're on your way to the, the AI conference? I was like, the what now? I was like, oh, no, no, no. It just must be the same place. It's a radio conference. And she said, oh, <laughs> I thought you were a bit young to be working for MI5. <laughs>
4: Oh, I like the idea that she could have kind of dropped you off at the AI conference, thinking that that was where you were going. You could have got all sorts of state secrets there. I could have done. Just said, no, no, yeah, but she was also called Adele, which I thought was fantastic.
2: So, yeah, yeah, Adele's just dropped me off. She's going to let me in. It's fine.
4: When you got into the taxi, did she immediately say, hello? Uh, Yeah, she was sitting on one side of
2: the cab and I was sitting on the other. And she said, hello, from the other side. (laughs)
4: Oh, he's James, I'm Rob and it's time for this week's episode of the Eurotrip. As jan always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job. It's part of me.
2: Janis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. (laughs) I remember! remember. So
4: Gisli Valtarsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the Eurotrip.
0: Thank you very much and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you.
2: Being face to face, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, your
0: beautiful face. <laughs> I, was, <yeah. laughs> I was like, but it is cute. beautiful as well,
4: though. We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello,
2: and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week, you guessed it, we've got another one of the class of Eurovision 2023 joining us for a chat. And this week, we're heading to Austria
4: uh, to speak to Tia and Selina. Yeah, it's Austria via Czechia via Switzerland, as you will hear when I chat to them a little bit later on. But yeah, they are, well, I was going to say, are they the most talked about act of Eurovision 2023? I mean obviously you've got a lot of other people (laughs) who could also get that title but they're definitely up there aren't they?
2: Probably one of the most anticipated acts of of this year of course they did their first ever live performance of their song Who the Hell is Edgar at the weekend loads of positive responses to that Uh, loads of positive responses I can assure you will be coming your way
4: once everyone has heard the chat you
2: have because they are so much fun
4: They are so much fun. I interviewed them during my lunch last week and it is easily one of the most entertaining lunchtimes I have ever had. So Taya and Selena representing Austria at this year's Eurovision Song Contest on the way later on, an absolute joy. So I hope you enjoy it. I mentioned their first live performance at the
2: weekend. That was at the Madrid pre-party. Lorene also made her pre-party debut at the weekend as well. So I'll be chatting to Toby Eck from Aston <laughs> over in Sweden. You are such a tease. The way that sounded like it was going, it sounded like Lorene was on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, not quite yet. I'll be chatting to Toby to find out his thoughts about her first live performance at a pre-party this year. And also we'll be doing another leap to Liverpool uh, with YouTubers Kath
4: and Law Explore. And... You don't know about this yet, James, but two Scouse words on the way this week. So we've got all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Euro Trip. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. And James, as we've already said, welcome back. Nice to have you here. Nice to be back.
2: Do you know what? It feels like, you know, when you've been on half term or something in school or the Christmas holidays and you're back and you, you don't quite know how to feel yet. It feels a bit like that, I must admit.
4: I thought I'd treat you seeing as this is your return after a week off. Uh, welcome to my bedroom. I have uh, an unusual view at the moment. Uh, we
2: usually record like in your spare room, it's normally a good view. You're decorating, and where where are you right now?
4: Honestly, my flat is like an episode of DIY SOS at the moment. (laughs) Let me tell you. So, yeah, normally I record in the spare room. Spare room currently full of everything that normally lives in the living room because we're currently redecorating the living room. So, therefore, I'm currently sat on the floor in my bedroom. The microphone that I'm speaking to you on now is balanced precariously on my bed. I'm sat on the floor, and there is every chance that I will get cramp between now and the end of today's episode. So stay tuned for that happening at any possible moment. <laughs> Could get cramp. The microphone might fall over. Just looking for the holy trinity here of another
2: disaster waiting to happen.
4: Yeah, I don't know what else might happen, but stay tuned. Who knows? <laughs> I've got got the clothes drying to the right of me. Honestly, the whole thing chaos at the moment so uh yeah you're lucky that i'm speaking to you from somewhere at all to be honest there was a chance i might go and record the podcast in the car at one stage (laughs) oh that is what i'd like to see maybe next week when when decorating goes disastrously wrong i hope not i hope not i'm (laughs) hoping to finish the living room tomorrow so yeah i really really hope not but yeah thank you for joining us everyone james i know you stayed up very late into the early hours of sunday for the madrid pre-party I did indeed. We'll be chatting to uh, Lore- uh, sorry, Toby Eck uh, about that.
0: <laughs> Gotta uh, later doing that later
2: on uh, to find out his thoughts about the performances, a um, bit more about Laureen's staging for Liverpool as well. So stay tuned for that.
4: Also coming up, already mentioned Tara and Selena. Uh, Simon got in touch earlier on the week when I posted on my socials that I just chatted to them. He said, can't wait. They seem like such a laugh. Simon, let me tell you, they are. But let me mention this. Uh, We put
2: a tweet out on Twitter over the weekend asking you for the song uh, that everybody. Yeah, (laughs) I heard you laughing. I thought I was going to mention the fact that I said tweet on Twitter again. You know what I mean? Uh, We're asking for the song that everybody is sleeping on this year. Which song do you think people aren't giving? Uh, as much attention as they should be uh, inundated with responses as we always are we're on twitter at youtube podcast uh ewan said Malta. so many people say it has no chance in qualifying and i seriously think it will uh at esc underscore bell thanks for getting in touch they said ireland australia and the netherlands and here's three more for you from Demetris. he says romania azerbaijan and lithuania
4: very eclectic mix of countries there. Keep them coming in. Who do you think people are sleeping on this year? There's always one country, isn't there? There's always one country that kind of comes from under the radar and surprises us with a really, really good result at the contest in James X amount of weeks time. Four, less than four
2: now. It must be. I wanted Zach that days. That's not good enough. I'll give you twenty-seven, isn't it? Until the first semi-final, twenty-six to the big show. That where we're, we're going to be at, Rob. Twenty six days to go. I
4: thought you meant our shirt Sugar and Dice, but that's a different thing
2: entirely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's twenty seven days until the first semi final live on our screens. Not long to go now.
4: Now, what follows on the podcast is the very latest news from the world of Eurovision. What you didn't just hear is James's panicked face when I said, it's you, isn't it, going through the latest news from the world of Eurovision this week? And James, you said, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it is. So while you try and scrabble together some uh, some notes from somewhere, uh, let me remind you how you get in touch with us here on the podcast. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We are hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email and... For our exclusive stories, podcast.com. And don't forget as well, we're also James on TikTok. Indeed we are. Forgive the small
2: pause there. I thought you were going to continue talking while I found some more news to insert into the AutoCue machine.
4: <laughs> the AutoCue operator, by the way. So obviously it was just me and him in the studio last week. Mm. And he did ask where you were. And I was thinking about giving him... Kind of a bit of a bit of a fictional tale about where you could be, um, but I decided against it. I think I might have said that you were heading to the Caribbean for tax evasion purposes, but I can't be true. <laughs> I can't be sure. So if he's looking at you a bit funny this week, then apologies.
2: Really, that's right. I can see no news in my order straight ahead of me. It's payback.
4: No, I um, think that I think that's very much your own fault.
2: Well, I am saying that because. To be quite frank, we've said this over the last few weeks, there isn't a great deal of news really, is there? You know, people have been filming music videos, people have been revamping their songs. Of course, we're in the midst of pre-party season. We've just had Madrid at the weekend. We're going to round out the season with Amsterdam on Saturday and London on Sunday. Uh, But I guess the biggest news of the week, Rob, is that we've got some more details about the postcards.
4: That is exciting. and also. A little birdie tells me that this is an exciting week for some more Eurovision news. So stay tuned for that later on in the week, I would say. A little tease for you. But yeah, tell us about the postcards. That is such a tease. Rob Lily. honestly. Uh, it's not, gonna... <laughs> still still not as bad as you promising
2: Lorene earlier on. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me just tell you about this then briefly. Uh, we've got the news earlier this week that the BBC has told us about how the postcards are going to look. So for each of the 37 postcards, of course, 37 postcards for 37 songs, there's going to be a just, just struggle to say that number 111 uh, different locations. Struggle to say the word locations. Well, where's the order queue gone um, for the postcards this year? They are going to be spread across uh, the UK, Ukraine and each of the participating countries, countries, country. What am I saying? You know what I mean. Participating country's country.
4: Can you tell that James (laughs) wasn't here last week and hasn't done a podcast for a while?
2: Oh, honestly. You just thought I'd have picked up some tips from this radio conference I was at, but quite clearly not.
4: (laughs) Yeah, if only he'd listened a little harder rather than head to the Caribbean for those tax evasion purposes. Uh, The... And you've also missed the other big news of the week. Uh, This is my favourite thing. Maybe we'll do this. Uh, Maybe we'll do this every week from now on. The story that doesn't maybe deserve the airtime that it got. Every single Eurovision from 2004 to 2022 is now available on the Spanish broadcaster's digital platform, RTVE Play. Ah, tremendous. Very good. (laughs) Viva España. (laughs) The biggest news story of
2: the week. Uh, Oh, here's a segue then. Speaking of Spain... Let's talk about the Madrid pre-party at the weekend. Nicely done. Uh, Lorene. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Lorene was performing. She made her pre-party debut at the weekend. Uh, Loads of fans in attendance. Loads of watching on TV at the weekend as well. I was one of them staying up until I think it was one o'clock in the morning when my eyes were struggling to stay awake.
4: Can I ask how you managed to persuade your girlfriend to watch it with you? Because you mentioned before we started recording that it was the pair of you that stayed up to watch it, which I think finished at one in the morning here in the UK. So how on earth did you manage to sell that to her? This is perhaps the most boring story I'm going to tell
2: you. However, <laughs> we watched the Madrid pre-party whilst, whilst doing some crosswords. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. That's how you spend a Saturday night now, is it? We did, yeah. So for four hours we watched a bit of Lorene and Vesna and, and did some golf at the you, same
4: time. James is gonna be a hoot in the Euro Club. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyway, a man who was there was uh, Toby Eck
4: from... Not in, your, not in your living room doing a crossword, in Madrid, this is. He was in Madrid, yeah.
2: Sadly, he declined my invite. Uh, he was in Madrid with thousands of other Eurovision fans, uh, soaking up the atmosphere, watching the performances, uh, and I thought it would be great to chat to him uh, to find out what it was like to be there as a fan, but also to speak a little bit more about Lorreen. You will remember the last time we spoke to Toby back in March... He had broken an exclusive story to say that her Melfest staging wouldn't fit in the Eurovision arena in Liverpool, or it would be too heavy and they simply wouldn't be able to use it for the Eurovision stage. So I thought we'd invite him back. We'll find out a little bit more about the Madrid pre-party. We'll find out a bit more about Lovine's plans for Liverpool. And I started off by welcoming Toby back to the Eurotrip.
5: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me again. I thought you were fed up with me. No, no, not at all. Never, never. If we get fed up,
2: we'll just never invite you back. That's when we know we're fed up. Uh, we're speaking on Monday, by the way.
5: Uh, for those listening at home, and you were on a flight earlier today. How was the flight? It was all right. I am. Um, I'm a little bit tired now, but I had a glass of carver when I boarded the uh, the plane, and that was that was good. Uh, just one glass. Two. <laughs> But that's ages ago, stop bugging me.
2: <laughs> oh, let's chat about the weekend then, because of course you were at the Madrid
5: pre-party. You weren't even there on work duties, you were there as a fan. Don't tell anyone, okay? I'm a <laughs> journalist, I'm not a fanboy. Uh, <laughs> it was It was actually my first uh, fan event, not as a journalist, and I had such a great time. The organizers were amazing. The venue was, was great. There were so many fun people. You know, f- fans are fun. It looked like great fun. I was watching on TV. Uh, it went on for about
2: one o'clock UK time, to so two o'clock for, for, for you in Spain. What time did it officially end, though? Because I presume there was an a. After party.
5: 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Yeah, I did not last until 6, uh, neither on Friday nor Saturday.
2: You're battle-hardened from the Melfest after-parties, aren't you? You're used to <laughs> this.
5: <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of Melfest, Toby, of
2: course, the reason we wanted to chat to you is because of Lorene. She made her uh, pre-party debut of 2023 uh, in Madrid on Saturday. Let's just go straight into it. What did you
5: think of her performance on Saturday night? I think she did really well. The organisers had put her at the very end. Uh they had lined up finland and and then sweden as as the closing artists uh in my opinion lorraine had the the audience eat out of her hands uh, it was
2: absolutely smashing what can we learn from from her performance if anything or was it more of just an opportunity to put lorraine in the spotlight she closes the show it's great press you know it's great coverage is it more of just that rather than looking into
5: anything about about what they expect from in Liverpool for for her and for the Swedish team it's all about promotion right now this is not a preparation for Liverpool in any other way than it's than that it is promotion and uh, i i said team sweden but i would probably more say her record label, because uh, I, I I spoke to her, uh, to her team. Uh, I spoke to to them before she went to Madrid as well, and and this is this is promotion for an artist whose song has started making its rounds throughout Europe already, and it is as much for the song and for her as an artist as it is for Eurovision. So so I wouldn't say this has anything to do with her preparing herself for the audience or the stage or, or things like that. But we, what we can learn, I think that you and I already knew this, but what people can learn from this is that Lorraine on a stage singing live is absolutely amazing. She's got such a singing voice uh, her vocals are great uh, there is nothing to worry about whatsoever when it comes to that
2: uh, and there's nothing to read into the fact that it sounded like there was some auto-tune on the mic as well i noticed some people picked up on that at the end when she was saying thank you to the crowd it sounded like there was something on the mic
5: i heard about those speculations b- because this was of course nothing that anyone there reacted to uh, but but Apparently there were some speculations because there was a special effect on her mic afterwards. Uh, I don't know what, why that should worry anyone. If there was a special effect, and even if there was tune, which I really doubt, because then other artists that performed would have sounded better than they did, um, uh, and and not everyone did. Uh, we also had at least one artist who who did who sung playback whereas Lorraine did perform live and uh, I'm of course you can you can see let's see where am I going with this long (laughs) monologue I'm having for for instance if you if you look at Chechia judging by their performance here I I I haven't seen a lot of progress from previous uh, uh, performances so here I would start to worry a little bit they're they're really they're, they're good fun they can sing and all that but there hasn't been a lot of progress from from previous performances. Listening to Austria doing one of their first uh, uh, performances live, I think uh, for me it was like, oh, great, they can sing. I didn't know, I I wasn't I wasn't sure whether they could perform live or not, uh, but they they did it well. Uh, and now I will expect progress for their next performance to see. Okay, where are they taking this? Uh, listening to my M- M- Muller, um, this was her third or fourth fan event. And here, another one of those where I have the feeling that she's not 100% great as a live performer. And I'm also lacking that progress. But on the other hand, I'm not worried about the BBC not being able to sort that out because they've got so much talent in the team over there. So that will be sorted. And when it comes to Lorraine, I've seen her perform and sing live uh, since she was in Idol uh, 2004 here in Sweden. I'm not worried one bit. You took us on such a long and winding journey there, but still managed I'm to so bring sorry. it back. You managed
2: yes. to bring it back to the very same question I asked, which is, uh, you know, a testament to you, Toby, which is great. Yeah. Uh, shall we keep talking about Lorreen as well? Because uh, the last time we spoke to you was, I think, a couple of days after the final of Melfest. And there were some worries then uh, from a story you broke about her staging. Effectively, it was too heavy and it wouldn't work in the arena in Liverpool. And I believe since we last spoke, there's been some more developments. You were trying to get in touch with the BBC. Have you spoken to them? What is the latest?
5: Well, the latest is the story I wrote a couple of weeks ago. I haven't gotten any updates since. I've, I've, I've been talking to a, a little bit, a, a, a few people in the Swedish team. They don't seem too worried, but it can't be, and I, uh, I am a hundred percent sure of that now. That it can't be the same exact staging as in Melfest. The, the top part of the uh, of the um, of of the toaster oven or whatever we call it. <laughs> uh, it, it's it is too heavy, but it's also rather large, and uh, fitting those sixteen square meters up in the in the ceiling all through the uh, the Eurovision period uh, might even take up too much space. So what does she do now? What does she do now, uh, Toby? <laughs> I, I I believe I'm I haven't got this confirmed yet, but I believe there will still be kind of the same look and feel. There will be something above her, but what what it will be and exactly what it would look like and if it's as big or as heavy looking, but in a much, much simpler fashion, I'm not sure yet. But I don't sense a big worry from the Swedish team. Um, I know that they have been in discussions with the BBC and the European organisers Uh, several times, and probably, probably now I'm speculating, probably they have presented several options. Have you been knocking on the doors to find out what these versions are? Surely of anybody, you are the person to know. I I might have called uh, a few people and I might (laughs) have tried to pull some strings, but I still don't know. And we do know that if, if they just change a performance to make it look almost like Malfast, but not really, there is always a risk there because you will have the feeling of, oh, this was good, but it wasn't as good. But if you change it completely, then at least you you can say, oh, this was a very this was a completely different performance, and I liked one more than the other, but but it's it, they're not comparable in the same way. But as far as I've understood it, it will be a similar performance. And there is a worry there that it might get that feeling of, oh, it wasn't really all that good as Malthus, So I'm a little bit worried, even though this Swedish team is.
2: Interesting. Not long to find out. Just a few weeks to go, of course. Uh, speaking of which, Toby, what does your life look like until then? Are you working hard to try and figure out some exclusive stories? Or are you working on some other things in the background before you head to Liverpool?
5: I'm, I'm actually covering several other things right now. So I'm not 100% focused on Eurovision. Uh, I would want to, but I also understand that the Aftenblad readership aren't all about Eurovision 100% of the time, uh, 365 days a year. So the Aftenblad readership are going to be picking
2: up their newspapers and going, Toby Eck has written something not about melfest or Eurovision, what's going on? <laughs> exactly like that. Oh, Toby, it's been great to chat. Uh, I don't know if we'll talk again, but um, the next time we will, we'll definitely be in Liverpool. Shall we catch up again then?
5: Did did you did you notice what you said? You said, I don't know if we will talk again. This is you telling me that okay, we're fed up with you now.
2: <laughs> that's not what I meant. You know that's not what I meant. You're trying to you're trying to create some
5: rumors, Toby. I know it. <laughs> there are rumors stirring right now. <laughs> Toby, let's catch up with Liverpool. Definitely.
4: There he was. I was going to call him our favourite Swede. We Honestly, we bandied that title around here on the podcast, <laughs> haven't we? Tobiek from It there. James, shall we, before we get into any of what he had to say uh, about the pre-party, shall we actually discuss why he had so much carver on the plane? Do
2: you know what? I should have said this. Yeah, it was his birthday on Monday. I was speaking to him on Monday, the day of his birthday. The day of his birthday? <clears> oh, of his <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Technically, t- 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 was... true. Yeah, the the day he was flying back from Madrid. So clearly, yeah, he had, he had a lovely time on the plane, quite clearly and understandably. It was his birthday. So happy 23rd birthday to Toby Eck.
4: Happy birthday to Toby. And I think it's safe to say that we will be speaking to Toby yet again uh, between now and Liverpool, I'm sure. Should say, I'm going to mention it here. We hope to bring you some very exciting bonus episodes of the Euro trip over the next couple of weeks. So, just keep an eye on your podcast feeds for them. One of them may be coming before next week's regular episode. That's oh all we'll say. goodness. Now that is a promise. Yeah. I'm hoping it. Hoping it's going to happen. I have an email that says it should be happening. So, you can check my receipts. Is that what the kids say now? Mm. Mm. Check my receipts if you want. But a bonus episode coming your way. Hopefully between now and, uh, and next Wednesday. Uh, now, and Selina from Austria, still to come, but it's now time for this. It is, of course, the leap to Liverpool. James, welcome back on the... launch pad? Leap pad? The... When I think of leaping, I think of hopscotch. Uh, that doesn't make sense, does it? I think of frogs. Okay. That's where we go from here. It indeed. <laughs> it is indeed... It is indeed the leap to Liverpool. So we have previously brought you the tractor tour in. We have brought you the Rotterdam Road Trip. Or James was it the road to Rotterdam? It was the Rotterdam Road trip, wasn't it? (laughs) It was, it was. (laughs) Yeah, thought it was. Anyway, here on the Leap to Liverpool, we are aiming to get you closer to this year's Eurovision host city. So far, we have heard from Eurovision superfan AJ from the Phoenix ESC Eurovision news site. He joined us last week. And the week before, we were joined by Christopher McGrath, who is the Eurovision reporter at the Liverpool Echo. Now, James, you had the honour of leaping this week. So who were you leaping arm-in-arm with on the way to Eurovision 2023? (laughs) Um... I was...
2: Sorry, you just threw me there again. (laughs) Let's get this back on track. Uh, Yeah, actually, this one came from our Instagram DMs. We got a message uh, from somebody called Catherine, who is part of a duo called Catherine and Laura, or as you might know them from YouTube, Catherine Law Explore. Uh, And they are vloggers from YouTube. Whenever they go traveling together, they like to show up where they are, give you a bit more of an idea about what they're up to, Uh, they're sisters, so they get to uh, travel together quite often and um, recently they posted a video from their home city of Liverpool to give fans who are travelling there for the first time a bit more of an idea about the city and that is what the Leap to Liverpool is all about as well. So we'll be getting some Scouse lingo from them a little bit later on but I started off by asking them how they came up with the idea of the YouTube channel.
6: The original idea for the YouTube channel came about kind of we were going on holiday together and we were going to all these kind of different concerts in different kind of countries and we wanted to kind of document our experience and share that with an audience
2: and obviously we can tell from the accent you are both from liverpool so presumably you never thought you'd be doing a vlog about your home city of liverpool because it's not somewhere new for you guys no it was
6: quite hard when we were walking around we were sort of like where do people actually go to visit? Because it's just, oh, we'll pop into town. It's like, oh, no, actually people want to see certain things that are in town. there has been quite strange. Yeah, you don't realize how actually cool your home city is until yeah. you try and look at it from a different perspective of somebody who's never been here. Um, yeah. Even things like the Albert Dock we go to every week, yeah. but to somebody who's not from Liverpool, they're really interesting and there's lots of history and there's lots of culture in Liverpool that we just kind yes. of take for granted.
2: When you were filming this video, Catherine, did you sort of have to take a step back and look at it and think, actually, do you know what? Liverpool is actually a, a really nice city and there's more to it than, well, not not a not, not, a not nice city. You know what yeah. I mean? Like You don't get to appreciate it as much. Did you have to take that step back and go, actually, it's pretty good this place?
6: Yeah, because, like, on the way into town on the bus, so, like, Liverpool One and stuff, you get off at the bus station, you go, right, I'm going to go to John Lewis, and then I'll walk through to Primark. But on the walk through from John Lewis to Primark, you've got grade eight listed buildings, and then you've got the Blue Coat, which is, like, a really old-timey sort of Victorian building, but it's got all sorts of, like, art installations in. And then every now and then you'll turn around and there'll be a new, like, artwork on the side of the wall, and you're like, oh, cool, I'm just going to get uh, my, my sandwich now for work, and then I'll pop home and get the bus. <laughs>
2: And Laura, one thing I picked up on uh, watching the video is that how central everything seems to be as well, I think that is one of the most important things for. You know, for any city is how walkable it is and how accessible everything is, but for Eurovision fans coming to Liverpool next month it's going to be so easy just to get around because everything's so central.
6: Absolutely. We filmed that video in a whole day. Um, it took us maybe four hours to do the full loop. But if you're thinking from Lime Street Station, which is the main station in Liverpool, it's talking a 20-minute walk to the arena. So it really is walkable. I mean, there are things around the city like bus tours, like every other usual UK city. But really, Liverpool's so accessible by foot. Um, even for things like nights out, you don't need to bother with taxi money. You don't need to bother walking for miles. Everything quite literally is on your doorstep. Mm-hmm.
2: And how did I not know that Liverpool had a wheel? Like, I, I thought I would have
6: known that already, and yet
2: it's right next to the arena, right?
6: Yeah, yeah it's right next to it. Um, you can see it pretty much from anywhere you stand in Liverpool. You point to the wheel, you know that's the arena. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's one of those things where, again, people from Liverpool yeah. wouldn't really think, oh, let's no. go on the wheel. But as a tourist, it will be a great yeah. way to see the city as well from so high up. Yeah, and quite a lot of acts who have been to the arena have also been on it there's a very famous story of when we went to try and find one direction when we were like 14 and we were like oh is that then? that them on the wheel no it's not and then five minutes later on twitter it was them it was on the direction. wheel so so you
2: missed the opportunity to meet oh. one direction because you thought no it can't be them on the wheel
6: <laughs> one direction speed we went no surely no, that's surely not, not there so, Lorraine might be on the wheel, we never
2: know. <laughs> we'll just see May Muller doing a couple of laps just to wait for the fans to disappear, who knows. And <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you about some local lingo in just a second, but I've been to Eurovision before, so many people listening to this have been to Eurovision before, and it can get, it. we have to whisper this quietly, but it can get a bit overwhelming and we might want a bit of downtime. Have you got any recommendations of some places, maybe a little bit outside of the city or some nice little quiet places within the city that you can go to, even if it's just for like 10 minutes, just to sort of relax and take a take a big deep breath away from all the hustle and bustle?
6: Yeah, so um the area that we live in is called Egbeth. Um and there's a public park called Sefton Park. and um, you can get a bus to it, it takes about 15-20 minutes. Um and then there's a road called Lark Lane, it's got lots of different kinds of independent coffee shops, um, it's got dog-friendly pubs, it's got restaurants, um, it's just the perfect area to kind of chill out. So you have got an off day. We don't want to be like Eurovision, like in your face. I would say come to Egbeth, go to Sefton Park, get an ice cream.
2: Sefton Park with an ice cream sounds like right up my street. I'll I'll be making a beeline for that at some point during the week.
6: There's also the Palm House in Sefton Park. So it's this beautiful glass building, very old, that's full of plants. And there's a cafe inside there as well. You can just sit and listen to birds tweet.
2: <laughs> oh, sounds perfect, especially when it's so busy during the week. Uh, should we do this local lingo then? Uh, like we said uh, on the podcast earlier, we've done this every year on our leap to Liverpool or Trek to Turin or whatever we've called it over the last few years. Uh, Catherine, do you want to take this, Laura, or do you want to do one each?
6: Um, we'll do one each. Okay. I'll let Catherine go first though, because she's the more scouse of the two of us.
2: <laughs> what have you got then, Catherine? We've already had this year so far, Bevy boss and chocker, uh, what word have you got for us this year to make us feel a little bit more Liverpudlian for the week?
6: So when you're getting on and off a bus or someone gives you something and you want to say thank you, you say ta.
2: Okay, that works. Yeah, we've heard that before nice and easy as well. So just tar when you're saying thank you.
6: Yeah, tar. Um, I'm going to go a bit old school. Um, so the way the people here sometimes say trousers, you say me kex. Yeah.
2: Say that again. Is that keks?
6: KCS, I guess, kex. Yeah,
2: I'm going to put my kex on. Yeah. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. I don't know when I'm going to use that one in conversation, but I'm sure <laughs> we'll find a time. I'm sure we'll, we'll find a time.
6: Loren, I like your kex. kex.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if I meet her, I'm going to have to do my best to try and have that conversation with her. Oh, uh, Catherine, Laura, this has been great fun to chat. Uh, remind everyone where they can go and check out uh, your YouTube channel if they want to go and see that video or check out any of your other videos as well.
6: Yeah, so we are Cath and Law Explore um, on YouTube. We're the same on Instagram. TikTok, Um, TikTok we've recently started as well. So, Cath and Law Explore will be on there on everything. And we are going to the Thursday afternoon semi final rehearsal. So, sadly, we won't be able to come to the ball games.
2: Oh, that is a shame.
6: Um, Devastating. We'll be at the uh, afternoon semi-final, so if anyone is there, come say hi. We are very, very excited to see Joker out.
2: Oh, Catherine, Laura, thank you so much again for joining us. And if we find some time, maybe we'll get an ice cream in Sefton Park in Vision Week.
6: Sounds yeah. perfect. So very much.
5: Hiya babes, it's me, Danny Beard, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK and grinder Heartthrob. And I'm DJ Billy Andrew, queen of the clubland and personal bodyguard to Danny Beard. And together we host the Gossip Gaze podcast. We dish all the goss on the LGBTQ plus community. Discuss the latest social sensations. And gobble the finest treats in snack of the week. You can find us on all your podcast providers. Plus make sure you follow us on all socials for our highlights at Gossip Gaze Pod. Episodes are released every week. See, See you, you there,
0: Gossip Gaze. When you aren't
7: listening, find us on social media, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
4: So welcome back then. You are listening to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast, the world's most listened to weekly Eurovision podcast. Are we going with that now as well? Are we going with that? I don't know. We could say anything, couldn't we? The the least listened to Eurovision podcast. Either the most or least listened to Eurovision podcast in the world. Well, That's what yeah. you're listening to. That's what you're listening to right now. <laughs> somewhere, where
2: in the, somewhere in between. <laughs> might be the least
4: might be the least listened to after uh, after listening to this one. Uh, James meant to say we'd also got a message this week, if you would like another scouse word. Oh yeah, you, you promised us two. Obviously, we got two from, from Catherine and Laura there. We got one
2: each, but you promised us another one.
4: Yeah, this is possibly my favourite. Yeah, it comes from Jamie, friend of the podcast from Liverpool. Uh, he messaged he messaged us on Twitter last week and said, Can I please share a scouse phrase with the trip. I like the idea that the podcast is now being referred to as The Trip, by mm. the way. Uh, he said, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, the phrase is, it sounds worse than it means. Um, so the phrase is, gegging in. <laughs> right. Uh, it basically means inviting yourself to be part of something without asking first. So, um, Jamie gave an example. Uh, for example, say that Rob, so me, was due to meet Rambo Amadeus for a small sherry after work one evening. Very on run, yes. Yeah, yeah. And you decided to turn up unannounced and expected a sherry as well. Uh, you would be gagging in on mine and Rambo's night out. <laughs> And how would you feel if I had gegged in on yours and Rambo's night out? I'd ask you to geg off. That's what I'd ask you <laughs> to do.
7: Like what you're hearing?
6: Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening.
4: Now then, it is time for another of the Eurovision class of 2023. And it's time for Austria. Taya and Selena will, of course, be singing... Who the hell is Edgar in Liverpool? One of, if not the most talked about entries of the year. I was talking to a work colleague the other day. They are very much a fair weather Eurovision fan. And they said, Oh, what's that po 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 song? I was like, Well, I know the one you mean. And it was the following day that I had the opportunity to sit down with Tara and Selena for one of the funnest lunchtimes I have ever had. There is so much in this chat. Including why a Treadmill was purchased as they prepare for Eurovision this year. they also chat about how the song came about in the first place. There is a mention of mine and James's favorite act, of course, from Eurovision 2022. "We are Dommy," they're going to mention during this interview, and so much more besides. But at the start of today's interview, you'll find out how me and James had a little inkling that something interesting was happening in Austria before the rest of you. Here's what happened when I caught up with Tara and Selina. Tara and Selena, welcome to the EuroTrip.
3: Hello, thank you for having us.
4: Guys, I've got to start first off by talking about a conversation that I had in January. Now, this was at the very, very end of January. So me and James, who I co-host this podcast with, we were lucky enough to co-host ESCZ, so the Czech Republic's selection for Eurovision mm. this year.
3: Oh, nice. Okay.
4: And when we were in the corridor of the TV studio, just before the live show, we ended up bumping into a guy who I think was a songwriter. And he said, ESCZ, this is going to be brilliant. But just you wait until you hear Austria's song, the Eurovision this year. He said, you're not going to expect it, but (laughs) it's going to be incredible. And it's all people are going to be talking about. Now, that was at the end of January. So...
3: Do you know the name of the guy?
4: Do I know the name of the guy? Unfortunately, I don't, which is annoying.
3: It was but- probably oh, no, Yenda. It could be, yeah, it's probably him. So, so Yenda Vavra, he he was the organizer of the Czech Eurovision camp where we wrote the song, and he was also involved in Roden's, uh song, Introvert Party Club. Yeah, Introvert Party Club. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And and uh, so they had the performance, and we were constantly in contact with him. We also did like a live. Um, because Myla was also at the camp, so it was like a whole, like, friend group there. And we were watching the ESCZ, and, and Yenda was there. So he definitely knew that we were chosen with that song from his camp. So it was probably him. And yeah, he was always like, Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the him. way you, you, uh, you told us now. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> I think it must have been him. I think it must have been him. I wish I'd spoken to him for longer now because I mean, I want to know what was in the water at that camp. I mean, everything was happening there <laughs> by the sounds of it.
3: You know what That's that was a what ghost what uh, <laughs> cold we had all got all possessed. possessed we all got
7: possessed
3: <laughs> that it was definitely a question that that we asked ourselves as well so um, it was uh just from that year uh, at least not not my first year vision songwriting camp but Something about the Czech Eurovision camp from that year, it was so special with all the people meeting there and and everyone we got to meet. I mean, We Are Dami was there as well. And uh, Elsie Bay uh, was there as well. So it was just a a whole bunch of people that just live and breathe Eurovision. It was my first songwriting camp ever
7: Mm. last year. Yeah, my first one.
3: And I
7: wanted to stay for two days because I had to work on the third day normally. And then she told me like, yeah, you will stay the third day as well. Yeah, I was like, there's so no cool.
3: freaking way that you're gonna leave early. I'll tell and I was you like, that. Oh, I have
7: to, I have to see what I maybe there's a lot of work, you know, at home I need to do it. And then I, yeah, stayed the third day. Thank God because if I wouldn't have had done this,
3: uh, we weren't here today. <laughs> exactly. So it was, it was kind of a, a thing of. Of, um, because she, Selena just never experienced uh, like all, the vibe from a songwriting camp mm. which is I would say very similar to a vibe of like the Eurovision community because it's just so much love and support. It was so beautiful. And yeah and, and, and she just fell in love with it right away and she decided to stay a third day and then Yenda, the guy uh, that you probably met. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> yeah
3: he he put us in a group together uh on the last day and we initially wrote a song for for selena a solo song for your vision but we had an hour left and and we were like we just want to make people laugh at this uh, at the listening session and yeah and then we- you started improvising Deya started uh, with the first few lines And I don't
7: know how you got Edgar Allan Poe in your mind, but (laughs) it just happened. (laughs) It just happened. And she was like, she had a conversation with uh, Elsie Bay the day before. Mm -hmm. Um, She was there as well at the songwriting camp. And um, that it almost feels like um, you're not writing the song by yourself when you have like such a good songwriting session. So it feels like it goes through your body, you know, into your hands and you write the banger.
3: Um, yeah, it doesn't it yeah. almost doesn't feel like you work. It almost feels like feels like the ghostwriter did it for you. So that's kind of like the the idea that uh, kind of ignited uh, us writing uh, Edgar Allan Poe, but um in the end uh, it turned out to be a much deeper topic uh, as like I'm I'm sure you may know because for some reason people like really really gravitated towards the yeah. topic of the song which is we thought would be something very niche
4: i want to ask you more and we'll get into more the message behind the songs i think that's so important because a lot of people like you say are saying oh my god it's such a catchy song it's stuck in my head but they don't dig deeper so i do want to dig deeper and, and talk more about the message of the song but if we cool. just rewind slightly to to as you said there the songwriting camp you've got an hour left you i guess play like you said, the first, what did you have Taylor? the first, first few lines did you have?
3: Yeah. So it was, um it, it started with Ronnie, who was uh, the main producer of the track. Uh, we were put into a group with him and, and he's an incredible guitar player. Yeah. As you can hear with the riff in the first uh, first verse, he just started playing around with some chords and it was a very cool vibe and, and, and a cool rhythm. So I just uh, started improvising uh some lines because we knew we wanted to write about a ghost in our body because that was the the um like conversation we had with elsie and then um uh, edgar Allan poe came out of nowhere
4: so it could, it could, it, could it could have been any previous historical figure or it had to be Abraham, I think like. it was
7: because of the beat because I mean your songwriting brain is working like that right you probably. search for like when you have a beat you search for the right amount, the right of, like,
3: amount of syllables yeah, yeah, w- yeah
4: William Shakespeare is a bit long for that that doesn't quite yeah, have same
3: <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably so um, I don't know if it was just something um stupid that happened or if it was an unconscious genius thing that happened. We're just gonna go with the genius thing just so we look better, but <laughs> <Of course. laughs> just so it sounds better. <laughs> Later on, was uh, when we found out that it definitely was supposed to happen the way it happened and it was supposed to be at Grail and Poe yeah. when we read into his life and we figured out that he was the first writer to ever live off of writing alone and therefore had a very financially difficult life, we knew that we wanted to write the bridge. So it was yeah, that's uh, how the idea was born. Yeah. With, exactly 0.00. So the 0. 0.003 thing came uh, after the camp when um Pele, who's our manager now, he he said, Oh you have to finish the song. And then uh we did and that that that's when we wrote the bridge with Ronnie together and and that's how like the whole thing was done born zero dot zero zero three
7: give me two years and your dinner will be free gas station champagne
3: is on me I don't know if we're supposed to say this. Our press management's sitting right there. But, um, well,
4: the press manager can either nod or shake their head or whatever. It's fine.
3: <laughs> it's fine. We're just going to ignore. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So we had we had, um, we had had solo songs in as well uh, in the selection. So Selena had a solo song in, I had a solo song in, and then we had a song together. And that's when we first started talking about like contracts and stuff. So it, it, it started getting serious in November. And then in December is when we had the performance. And that's when also we right after it went to Switzerland to finish the song. So while I know while I was in Switzerland uh working on some songwriting stuff for Swiss artists, you called me. And then she said, Oh, we didn't make it. And then yeah, I'm a started, girl, you know. Like... <laughs> and then she started crying. And I was like what's happening it's okay like sit down it's fine it it was supposed to happen the way and she was like i'm joking (laughs) and that's so so like in december we found out that it it was gonna be this song and then in january we finished the song in switzerland we also made it shorter. I almost sound like an asshole if you tell it. like. No, it was very funny. I, no, if, it,
4: it, was... It, if it makes you feel better, I was just talking to, a, a week or so ago, I was talking to Voyager from Australia, and they said that SBS did exactly the same thing to, to them. They were like, it's <laughs> not you guys, don't worry about it. <clears throat> and they were like, actually, I'm pleased you've got some ideas for the staging, <laughs> because it is you.
5: It's not just I you, was Selena. because
3: I was happy, but I used it as a... You know, that like... was actually actually very genius because I believed you, and yeah, because it was real tears. <laughs> and, and and
5: then
4: and then you were just trying to be an empathetic friend, Tay. You were just yeah, trying to be like, be like, it'll be fine, I'll be okay. Calm down,
7: Sit down. Everything's
3: <laughs> good. What is happening? What's going on? And I'm like, ah, kidding. <laughs> no, it was actually I was very glad that it was oh. Selena that called me, uh, because <laughs> um, I know Pel, Pel-, Pel just uh, wanted to tell me in person, so he didn't call me, and and and. Until he like got to the studio, it took him a long time, but you called me in the meantime, and I feel like it was such a nice moment because I went to the kitchen. and I sat down first first, I consoled you, but then we had like a very happy dance party on on FaceTime. and it was just a very sweet moment. I think I've screen recorded that. We had to change a couple of things. So so we changed who the fuck is Edgar to who the hell is Edgar? yeah because and we don't fuck i want to say we're not well ebu rules you know and then uh also like um one more line in the verse um and i think he can't resist <laughs> previously was and he's writing like a bitch. <laughs>
4: <laughs> let's talk about more about the message of the song because as you mentioned and, and as i said Loads of kind of non-Eurovision fans have been coming up to me here in the UK and being like, have you heard the song from Austria? I'm like, of course I've heard the song from Austria. It's incredible. <laughs> so, so for them, it's a very catchy song, but they've not dug deeper. So let's dig deeper for, for the podcast. What is the, the message and what is the message you hope to get across from from performing the song in Liverpool? We,
3: we basically say it's it's kind of satire so so we we try to put a, a, a meaningful topic into a very fun pop song so so it's definitely um w- when people say oh i just want to dance to it and it's so catchy that's what we wanted to achieve that's what that's what we feel like the music industry does especially with tiktok and and everything being so fast paced and you have to grab the attention of people in in mere seconds mm. just so you get somewhere and 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 i feel like Songwriting has also very much changed in the last couple of years where you have to think about that much more often, like what can go viral, what is a catchy dance that everyone can do, like stuff like that. So it's definitely, um, it, it was an intentional thing for us to have something very stupid that's very catchy to be like the main thing you see from the song. But it was also very important for us to have that meaning kind of be a bit more subtle in the background so people actually have something like some substance to like think about or like read into if they're interested so um what we wanted to say with that satire thing is um songwriters are just not appreciated enough in the industry and especially if you're a female songwriter and that goes uh through to being an an artist a female artist artist on stage stage as well whatever
7: yeah as a female artist in any kind of way like in the music industry or somewhere Mm -hmm. else as well yeah so um yeah and we both had the same experience with that topic um we tried to put it into the song or actually um yeah i mean to to i don't know like that people can i think people can relate like women can relate to that topic Mm. However, if it is in the music industry or, or somewhere else. Yeah. And that's um, what it is basically about. It. That was the first topic that we actually yeah. wanted to have in the main focus.
3: Yeah. So but then we
7: saw like people reacting to the 0.003 thing. And everyone was like, okay, where's the feminism? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, not it's that definitely like started.
3: Uh, it, it sometimes feels to us as two different topics. Because when we did start writing it, it felt more of like a very sarcastic thing like of course we couldn't write a eurovision hit by ourselves it has, it has to have a man it has to be a man it has to be a girl and Ho, a guy that has his name already in in shining lights um but um it turned out to be something much deeper for us something that we definitely still struggle with or or, or used to struggle mm-hmm. with a lot which is this uh, whole thing of not being appreciated enough and that goes into the financial aspect of this as well as well as just being in a room in a male dominated field where it's just kind of maybe not even consciously but subconsciously always uh the fact that you have to prove yourself much more than your male colleagues or you get a feeling that you're not good enough and yeah that was definitely like also this being compared to uh to other female writers is something also that, that we talk to Elsie a lot because she, she does camps and, and songwriting a lot as well. And it's it's definitely something that that every woman that we've talked to can relate to. It's uh, You get compared to women so quickly, like in even in songwriting camps where, where the love and support is at the top, you still get people that say, oh, I don't know, I'm just gonna say a random name, like Johnny's such a great songwriter. But when they say, for example, oh, Tia is a great songwriter. Then they also have to say, but Selena is a great songwriter as well. Like, yes, we can exist from apart from each other without always yeah, we're being not compared. One, like big groups. Yeah. So, so that was definitely something that we wanted to put into the song as well. And Then it definitely with the whole Edgar and Poe thing, it turned also into like a much more niche thing with the 0.003 which we didn't expect people to be so interested in but it turned out that to be like the main thing of our song now yeah where the focus is like completely on the 0.003 thing, yeah which we they, think it's
7: great we never thought that this is <laughs> going to happen
4: no i i would absolutely urge people to, to go in and, and search out kind of any other interviews that you guys have done where you talk about this message because i don't think it can be kind of repeated enough as i say kind of how much people need to read and, and go deeper into the meaning of the song. So 100%. Everyone listen to this. Go and do that.
7: Uh, that was free marketing, by the way. Didn't even get paid for <laughs> I'm that. saying. should <laughs> thank
4: us. Talking about buying and paying for things. Uh, Selena, I want to talk to you very quickly about uh, me buying random stuff because I had to. Your uh, your series on social media.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that is the first and the last part. <laughs> you know, we're artists. We don't have that amount of money to buy another random <laughs> so so
4: for so for anyone that doesn't know this is something that you did on your on your instagram the other day uh and you said yeah here's the first in the series of me buying random stuff because i had to and was it a treadmill
3: it was a treadmill yeah (laughs) you know why you got one because we got some good um tips from luca henny who was uh at the swiss eurovision a couple of years ago and and he he told us uh in order to get ready to and sing at the sa- same time. We should get a treadmill, a treadmill, and and walk on it pretty fast while we sing the song. In case if we would go on stage and dance on stage. In case. In case. In
4: case. See what you're doing there. Nice. Not giving too much away. <laughs> if, yeah. if you if you hypothetically <laughs> were to maybe go on stage and potentially do some dancing, which you may and or may it not could be doing, be.
3: and hypothetically do the dance from the music video, and and in. Any case, have people dance it with us, so they could probably prepare themselves. Prepare themselves. Yeah. But that is just just a hypothetical. Yeah.
4: Is there anything else hypothetical that you'd like to hypothetically say about your hypothetical so, Eurovision um... stage performance? Or...
3: <laughs> so <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> we wouldn't. <laughs>
4: <laughs> thank you so much for chatting to me for the Euro trip. It's been brilliant to talk to you. So yeah, Taya and Selena, thank you for joining us. Really, really appreciate it.
3: Thank, Thank
2: you so much, Rob. Now, sorry if this is one of my go-to phrases on the podcast, but Tay and Salida sounded like so much fun.
4: <laughs> I thought you were going fasc- to say they were fascinating. I can't make out whether it's me
2: or you that normally say that. Uh, yeah, it's one of us. I should say, by the way, uh, Rob is just uh, just sipping away on a lovely glass of red wine as I'm chatting there.
4: Yeah, honestly. Like, hard date work. <laughs> Yeah, I am off work, actually. It's a bit like the school summer holidays here at mine, (laughs) with more painting and decorating than I would normally have done during my school summer holidays. But yeah, having a lovely old time. But now, let's wrap up the episode with, of course, the
2: one-second song. Rob, you won't believe me. You won't. I know you won't. But I've I've done the research. I've done the maths. I know the score. Uh, You are, as we say every week, running away with it. It is 29 to you, 18
4: to me. Yeah, it's quite a chunky old lead, that, isn't it? But anyway, it is you to guess the one-second song this week. Let's get to it, then, shall we? Uh, Here it is,
2: this week's one-second song. Oh, Ooh, there's a vocal. There's a vocal.
4: There is a vocal. There was a time when it was looking unlikely there would be a vocal in this week's one-second song, but we'll get to that in a moment. That sounded very cryptic, didn't it? Go on, have it one more time.
5: Oh,
2: Man Alive! I know that one. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Ah, Man Alive!
4: James looks genuinely in pain,
2: everybody. It's painful. Yeah, it's so painful when it's so recognisable. It's on the tip of my tongue. I really don't know. Well, I do, obviously, but I can't give you anything. I can't even... (laughs) I can't. So I'm just going to give you 2013. I'm going to give you... What can not I remember? Bulgaria. Were they in at 2013? Maybe they weren't. I'll say them anyway. It was a female soloist, by the sounds of things. Oh, who was it? Oh, I'm angry, and I don't want to give you anything else <laughs> apart from that, because I know they're probably wrong. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to kick myself.
4: Could you say that this week's One Second Song pushed you to your limits?
2: Oh, you bugger. I know what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell everyone, then? It's, it's it's Austria 2019, isn't it? We should call Panda. That was it. Austria
4: 2019. <sighs> Let's have a listen.
6: It's got to move, but I'm so trapped within me. Expand it all, my name is too
5: carelessly.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about you.
5: I'm
2: going to be a tossing and a turning in bed tonight, not being able to get to sleep because it's going to
4: haunt me. You are kicking yourself. And, right, I've been scarred from previous weeks. So I mentioned just before you heard it there that there was a point at which there might not have been a vocal in this week's One Second Song, because the three-minute Eurovision version of that song does not exist on streaming services, so I had to chop the... 20-odd-second intro off the start before she actually starts. So there was a time when I was considering giving you the start of the 20-odd-second intro, Um, but I thought that was mean. But it didn't make a difference because you didn't get it anyway.
2: Well, I I may well play the card. Clearly, that was not an official (sighs) First <sighs> so second of a Eurovision song And play that card again Seems on my side this week I can't imagine many people Agree with me about it. Uh, yeah I think for once the,
4: I think for once People are going to be on my side With that one uh, So yeah no points for you Which therefore leaves the scores at uh,
2: They remain the same 29 plays 17 And you have uh, a chance next week To extend that lead even further
4: very very exciting I could almost have double your score by the end of next week's episode (laughs) let's hope not Um,
2: speaking of next week that is of course when we'll be back with you Uh, Rob did tease that we might be back with you before then want to say anything more all I can say
4: is at the moment it's looking likely that we'll be joined by two people with very important jobs at this year's Eurovision.
2: Okay, I think you should leave it at that. I think if you say anything more, we might be in trouble. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it there and we will uh, we'll say goodbye for this week. So we will definitely be back with you next Wednesday and potentially another day in between this Wednesday and next Wednesday. But in the meantime, of course, you can keep up to date with us online. We are at EuroTip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Hello at Eurotippodcast.com in the email and you can read all of our exclusive stories on Eurotippodcast.com. As well, make sure you subscribe, leave a review and rate us
4: five stars. From me, James, it is goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. It did very much sound like you're about to introduce Lorene. That was very funny. Like, <laughs> Lorene made her pre-party debut. Toby Eck joins us.
2: <laughs> doing, you're making it sound like Toby. Well, I was going to say, Toby isn't as good of a guest. You know what I mean.
1: (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more